Boyle. Welcome to a Cowboy Connection podcast. Kevin Cooley, J.R. Vizane, uh, sitting here and uh, looking at episode number 35. Bill and, and Tad are still out, but uh, they should be joining back here in, in the next couple of weeks. So uh, now that tax season's over, Bill, a little sabbatical ends next month. So be be good to, to hang out with them and, and uh, get them back in here with our study. So how you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome. Um, we got the, a much answered, needed pr- answered prayer the last couple of weeks. We got a, we had a kind of calf killing snowstorm come through. We weathered and then we had it sit in here a couple of days ago and dumped a little over an inch of rain on this country. So everything got a good drink and get the grass started and i'm sure i haven't been to town yet but i'm sure it's changed the morale of a lot of folks around here so that's been good and then just been enjoying the sunshine today dang near here that grass growing well, i'll tell you what uh, we're, we're kind of in the same situation up here in the bighorn basin uh, uh around matizzi sitting here between the bighorns and the of his orcas and the bear tooth and the wind river range up here we've uh where we're at here in Matitsi, we got a about a foot of wet snow yesterday got a good soaking on on friday and it's snowing out here now but uh boy east of east of the bighorns they got beat up bad they uh highway's been closed from buffalo to gillette over to south dakota for 24 hours or so it looks like on the map they're starting to open that up they've had I wouldn't be surprised they didn't have record-breaking snow. I'm going to tell you, the the uh, beef market definitely got hit by that by that out there. I'm not real sure how bad South Dakota got hit, but I know eastern Wyoming got got some brutal winds and some heavy snow, and, and the snow plows couldn't keep up with it. And the ranchers were are fe- feeling mighty beat up out there, so uh, we've been praying an awful lot for them. And uh, – of course, you know, I don't know what the weatherman says about that kind of snow, you know, when it's that cold, that windy, and that brutal. Uh, it may, it probably hadn't broke the drought, but it it may help a little bit if, but uh, I'd be willing to bet an awful lot of calves died and all that. So, but, uh, but we, we're pretty wet, so we're okay with that right up in the mountains. Uh, if we got a foot of wet, heavy snow yesterday, there may be three, two or three feet up there in the mountains. So we're, you know, it's kind of mixed emotions when you're cabin in the middle of this stuff. You want to celebrate the, you know, you know this as well as anybody. You get the rain that you need it really bad, but it's killing you, killing some calves. You definitely have a mixed, mixed emotions about it. So. I told my wife it was uh, it was a small price to pay for some rain to be able to keep the cow herd. So yeah, those uh, those uh, those lost calves in my book were just part of my operating to pay for some rain. So I'll I'll take it because we yeah. dang sure needed the moisture. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at that Highway 50 from G- Gillette to Pine Tree Junction still closed uh out east oh 387 is still closed they've got snow out in front of the snow plows they got 
three or four feet of snow, maybe even more on the highway. So, so uh, there is no, uh, there's no telling what that's going to look like. The old timers always told me that it would take a calf killing snowstorm. A, a late calf killing snowstorm is what will break a drought. So hopefully this is the drought breaker. Yeah. Well, we sure still use some more rain through the month of May, but uh, one of my neighbors down the road, every year when he turns his irrigation water on in April, we get a big heavy snowstorm. And so, so uh, he, uh, uh, he likes to take credit for it. I'll give credit to the good Lord up there and I won't give it to, to old Fred, but, but you can depend on a rain when Fred turns the irrigation water on. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's what we say. We just needed, we just need calf killing snowstorm to, uh, to prime the pump. Now it'll, God will keep blessing us with some rainstorms now that we got some moisture back in the ground. So that's what we're hoping for around here. Keep it rolling through, through the whole summer, pull us all the way out. Yeah, yeah, you know, I hear some you. of them ranchers up that had to sell a bunch and all that stuff, let them get healed up. Maybe them farmers drop the price of some hay, that would help too. That'd be, uh, I'm hoping that hay doesn't, hay doesn't wind up 400 a ton or more in our country. It got up to 350 this last year, so so we'll see. We'll see what happens. At the end of the day, God's still in charge. He's still in control. And, and uh, you know, I was thinking about, I didn't do any study. I didn't look into it. I was going to look into it. We, uh, we're going to read in John. I should have I looked it up. John talks about how, uh, Jesus talks about how um, he's in us and we're in him. And... Uh, uh, I sure would like to find out where that where that's at because I didn't do the research and uh, I got to thinking about Jesus being in us is gives us the ability the strength to recognize that uh, that uh, he's there for the spiritual battles and the fact that we're in him gives us the ability to fight our physical battles. Uh, and, you know, we talk an awful lot about being in Jesus and being in relationship with Jesus. And uh, I could sit here for 10 minutes, go dig around and look for that passage. and I might do it later, but but at the end of the day, he dwells in us. And, and if we dwell in him, if we walk in the spirit, we've got uh, we've got Jesus there for the spiritual battles and the and the physical battles. And, and I think everything turns back around to a spiritual battle Word of God says we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but principalities and and spiritual forces. So but it's rewarding to know that even in the midst of our struggles and trials, and, you know, they talk a lot about, people talk a lot about when this kind of stuff happens, how people become suicidal, people become, you know, they have to, ranchers, farmers, they file bankruptcy or they, they sell the ranch. And, and sometimes they get in a bad place. They might, they might uh, uh, take, 
take some drastic measures to get out of their struggles. And, and uh, boy, if you're one of those folks, you're listening to this podcast, I sure hope you reach out to somebody and get some prayer and, and uh, get some, some support from your brothers and lean into Jesus. Cause I hate for people to, to uh, take drastic measures and in, in the time of struggle and trial. So Lord bless you if that's you, but anyway, here we are in, uh, in John four. Uh, last time we just sat and visited about things going on in your life before we hit record button, we started talking about, about you and, and, uh, your uncle building you a saddle that'll, that'll fit what you're doing. I think that's some exciting news getting, getting rolling that way. And, and, uh, but before that we were in talking about the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria that, uh, that Jesus stopped and visited with. And, and, uh, we ended with this quote from Jesus in, in, uh, John four 26, uh, don't John, 425 the woman said to him i know that that uh, messiah is coming he who is called christ and when he comes he will tell us all things and in 26 uh, jesus said to her i who speak to you am he and uh we didn't talk about the significance of that statement last time but but that's jesus that's an i am statement Jesus made quite a few I am statements and um, some things. Oh, uh, uh, I think it's A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer once said that, that you can't, you cannot reject Jesus as Christ and yet declare him as a good teacher. Uh, he's either uh, a psychopath or he's God. You can't be a good teacher and not be the Christ because he made statements like that. I am. And so uh, we pick up right there. And I didn't do A.W. Tozer's quote uh, justice, but, uh, but that's the gist of it. 27, we see uh, uh, the, 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 the encounter continues as just then his disciples came back and they marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jug, went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of, of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him saying, Rabbi, eat. But Jesus said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said, my food is to do the will of God who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months? Then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper may rejoice together for here the saying holds true one sows and another reaps i sent you to reap that uh that for which you did not labor others have labored and you have entered into their labor and many samaritans came from the town uh, who came from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony he told me all that i ever did 
So when the Samaritan came, Samaritans came to him, they asked him, uh, they asked him to, to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. And I'm going to stop right there at 42 and, uh, and, and just back up and uh, uh, there and just turn it over to you. What's, uh, what kind of things are stirring around in you from that little exchange between Jesus and his disciples and, and uh, the Samaritan woman and the townspeople? Um, well, I think it's really awesome at the timing of this scripture for a few reasons. Um, the last podcast I had mentioned that I had started watching the chosen and there's a scene in there that there's this scene that plays out this story and, and, um, then along with that, we just had Easter Sunday and all that is celebrated with that. And in my other uh, um, Bible study that we're doing, we, t- we took the week to, uh, to study the resurrection and just kind of what everybody's thoughts on, on Easter were and, and, and what, what st- stood out to them. So that meeting is Tuesday. Um, and I'm really curious to see. But so for the last week or so, I just have been kind of studying that and um just just thinking outside the box on the resurrection and it's so it's impeccable the timing of all this because as he just last our two podcasts ago when we started in john four we he here at the end you had just mentioned beginning here he claims that he is the messiah and the first part that really stood out to me as, and as it all ties together, so he's so he's he's traveling up, started his ministry, his disciples are following him, and they're starting to make some noise. And they're really going to start making noise right here. And um, because of the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they're going to start questioning him and stuff. But he's it's what's all taking place and what all we're studying here in John and, and the life of Jesus and, and, and all that, just the significance of what we're really reading here. And this is what bridged the gap. This life that we're reading about here, that we're supposed to emulate, that we're supposed to try to try to be like, that we're supposed to ask to change our hearts and make us more like him. And w- just the significance of of all of it and, and what he did and coming, living, dying and rising again changing it from a works way to heaven to a grace way to heaven, um, giving us the Holy Spirit um, and all that comes with it. But one thing that really stood out to me 
is right here we see just then his disciples came back there. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? Um, so his disciples come back. They come back to bring the food. It was uh, customary the times that the women would have been there earlier. We've already been over all that. But then here, Jesus takes out of or he doesn't play by the rules. They find him speaking to this woman, but they respect him and fear him so much that they don't ask because they know by now their relationship with Jesus. They know that he is set apart, that he is special, that he is the Messiah, that he is different than the rabbis and the Pharisees and the religious teachers that they've grown up knowing about. And they, they respect him because they've seen what he's doing. But then right here, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone. And I just thought how that's a, that's a, that's, that isn't even red letters here. That's black letters. And it's a small minute verse I've read over and over and over again, and it's never really stood out. But as I studied Jesus's life, Jesus's resurrection, what all that means to us, you can see it right here. When you experience Jesus, you lose all track of what is going on in your normal day-to-day -day life, right? You see that experience right here. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone. She was so ecstatic, so excited, so changed, so moved that she totally blocked out her job, totally blocked out what she was doing. And she was overwhelmed with this, with this encounter with Jesus and his compassion that he wasn't judging her. He called her out on her sins and, and called her out on, on all the things that, that she had, that she had the right to be shameful about. She she he called her out he wasn't judging her he wasn't offensive to her he was compassionate and kind and he told her that he was the messiah and that he was there for her and she is changed and i as i was preparing for this other bible study that is the significance of the resurrection and what God did for us and by sending Jesus as our example and as our savior and as our Messiah and by allowing us to receive the Holy Spirit. And at any moment, at any time, we get to have this encounter. We get to have this, this, it doesn't matter what other people think about the times that I can talk to Jesus and I can forget my worries. I can forget my, I can forget my, my struggles that I'm dealing with in the world. I can forget my financial problems. I can forget my, I can forget my, my, my calf killing snowstorm and having to check every two hours to make sure the calves are still alive. I can forget my struggles and trials and, 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 and worries and get this exact emotion. I can get filled up with Jesus and I can get just 
my heart can swell up and can I just want to run into town and tell everyone because he has overcome the world. In this world, you will face many trials, but take heart. I have overcome the world, right? So we get to have this experience. We get to lay our worries down. We get to lay our stress down. We get to lay our anxieties down. We get to, we get to experience this friendship that Jesus wants to have with us and get the nourishment that he talks about right here of doing the will of God. We, we are all created for a purpose and we, we are all created in the image of God and, and we can get hung up in, in trying to, in worldly desires and worldly passions and trying to make ourselves look like something that we're not. But when we have this experience, when we come to Jesus, the man who knows all that we've ever done, the man who knows who we were created to be, he will give us this nourishment. He will fill us up so that we want to run into town and tell everyone what he's done and tell everyone about this man that knows everything about me. And I just, I thought that that was I don't know, that just struck a chord with me as, as I was studying this, that, that that's the experience that we have at any moment of any day we have, we can experience that exact encounter through the Holy Spirit and the resurrection, what Jesus has done. And, and he, he tells us, come take up his yoke and be, because his burdens are light. And we will face burdens, we will face trials, we will face struggles, and but he gives us the nourishment to 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 get through it all. And and I I don't know, I just I, I felt really blessed this week that that I serve a God that wants to be my my friend, my father, and my caretaker, and 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 wants to be my discipliner as well, and keep me on the right track and de- and going towards who he designed me to be. Yeah, you, you hit it. You hit it. You, 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 that is, that's so good. And, and it is so important for us as followers of Christ to realize the significance of this passage. Um, it, these guys, and, 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 and to the point of death, to the, to the, until the day Jesus dies, these guys continually think worldly. They continually think earthly. They just aren't getting it yet. And, and I guess the resurrection of Jesus is where they get it. Because he says, I have food to eat that you do not know. And so the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? And, and of course, you can't expect anyone to understand that right off the bat. These guys, these guys you know, Jesus wants them to get it. He wants it to click. And he says, and you said it, man. I wrote it down. I can forget about my calf-killing snowstorm. And look, if if you're listening to this and you chuckled at that in derision, okay, if you went, that's just dumb. I, I can't forget that. You're missing the point. You're missing the point. Because Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to, to accomplish his work. Look, he's not talking about a hamburger or pizza or, or a, 
uh, medium rare, you know, ribeye or sirloin, right? He's not talking about real food, all right? He's talking about, he, he's, he's spiritualizing this thing. We're constantly searching for nourishment for our flesh. We're constantly trying to nourish our flesh with something. And, and someone says, well, what does that look like? I, I don't know what that looks like for you. I know what that looks like for me in trying to feel accomplished, trying to get an attaboy, trying to get a pat on the back, trying to, to get, that, get that horse to, 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 to step over just right or, to, or, or trying to get it to, 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 to you know, to, to break at the pole and, and then at the neck and, you know, and then at the shoulders. And I, I, I'm, I'm looking for something to fill a, a hole that should be filled by the Father. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Yes, God has given you the desires of your heart for JR or anyone else to be doing what you want to do, to be raising cattle. But you know as well as I do, if you've been in the cattle business for three days, if you've dealt with animals at all, you know that it ain't easy. You better expect a calf I you're say that you're gonna, that you're you're already broke off. Yeah, well, it's true, isn't it? I thought you're going to say if you've been in the cattle business for three days, you know you're going broke. Yeah, but 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 at the end of the day, <laughs> you know you're going to have a calf killing snowstorm. You know lightning's going to strike and kill some cows. You know that 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 the rain isn't going to come for a while. You know that the grass isn't going to grow on occasion. There's not a rancher out there that hasn't had to buy and sell his herd a dozen times over 30 years. You know, and, and you, you good management, good range management, trying to produce the right grass so you can reduce the amount of inputs you have to, so your costs are low and all, all that stuff is just good management. But at the end of the day, as a follower of Christ, our food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his works. And so we have to view everything in life. What is the will of him who sent us? The will of him who sent us is to love him, to cherish him, to worship him, to serve him, to witness about him, to be an example of him to other people and to accomplish his works. That's to worship him, to love him, to honor him, to glorify him, to witness about him. That's what we're called to do, is to love our neighbor as ourself. We love, you know, you've got the first five books of the Bible are reduced into the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are reduced into the two greatest commandments. Go look it up. You, you break down the Ten Commandments, they, they, they're broken down into the, the two greatest commandments, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That's the will of the Father. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's loving his neighbor as himself by sitting there talking to that Samaritan woman. He's not concerned about filling his belly. He's not concerned about the Sadducees and the Pharisees. 
He's not concerned about Jewish tradition that he shouldn't be talking to a woman, much less a Samaritan woman, who we know she's come to the well in the middle of the day because she's not welcome there in the morning when the rest of the women are there because of her reputation. She's mocked. She's made fun of. Tell me, tell me, brothers, sisters, when was the last time you mocked and made fun of somebody? Jesus wasn't mocking and making fun of the, the woman that all the other women were mocking and making fun of. And what's even sadder is that probably some of these other women that drove her to come to the well in the middle of the day were probably just as sinful. right? How many people out there do you know? How many times have I sinned? And I'm a pastor. How many times have I judged someone harshly? How many times have I been too critical of somebody? And Jesus looks at his disciples and says, I don't have time for that. I have food to eat that you do not know of. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his works. I'm going to ask you, brother, I'm going to ask you, sister, whoever, is that, is that your food? Is that how you're getting nourished? Or are you choosing to follow the flesh? Let's say, Kevin, what do you mean by follow the flesh? What are you doing on a daily basis? How are you justifying your bad behavior? You're looking at porn, you're getting drunk, you're getting high, cheating on your wife, cheating on your husband. Well, I've never slept with another woman. No, but you've been inappropriate. You're looking at porn, you're cheating on your wife. You're lusting after a woman, you're lusting in your heart. Word of God says that if you look at a woman with lustful intent, what are you doing? Are you trying to fill a void by seeking your own pleasure and your own satisfaction? Or have you, have you set your mind to seek the Lord and to grow in a relationship where you can honestly say, like Jesus has said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his works? What do you think? I uh, I think even more than than that that I was convicted as I studied this in depth and and the resurrection and even hearing it again is still convicting me and even 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 more so than are you watching porn cheating on your wife going to the bar getting drunk this that and the other thing are where if you're a rancher, if you're like me, you, you like figuring I'm, and I, I'm not a worry wart, but I, I, I make sure my eyes are dotted and my T's are crossed. And, and I w actually was doing some seeking and praying and not as I was out there in the middle of the night with flashlight, checking calves and, and bringing chilled calves to the, to the house, warming them up, taking them back and all that. And I, I, I was just wondering because there was, there's a handful of places around here that are so big that they can't check them. 
And I, I, I was just kind of feeling for him. I was like, man, I've, this is kind of a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing to have these cows this close to the home to be able to check them like this. But then you get to wondering, well, or how do them guys out there in the hills that aren't checking them, how do they make it? They just cut their losses and whatever or what? And, and as I got to think about that, it, I felt that I, if I would have laid in the house and been lazy and not checked them and not worried about them and not cared about them, then I wouldn't have been, been taking, taking care well of what I had been given by the, being by, a good by steward, the Lord. being a good I'd steward, trying to be what, a good steward. Sure. You bet. Right. So then uh, the more I thought about that, I said, well, am I really trying to be a good steward? Or am I trying to make my business as profitable as I can make it? And I, I had to really question myself. And I, the, the character that came out in me is I was checking them because I was being a good steward. But it made me think and it made me check myself to make sure that I'm even doing my job for the right reason. And the right reason is for what? To do the will of Christ. Man. To do the will of my father. I'm a, I'm business savvy. I love pushing the pencil up. I love finding the next best deal. I love being the provider of my household. But I have to remember that my first 15 minutes of every single day are dedicated to time and prayer and seeking the Lord. And this has been this has been a, a work in progress for me. I didn't, I, I wasn't born a natural born hero. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't born a, a, a all almighty Christian, like, and, and I'm still a work in progress, but as I, as I do, as you said, try to abide in Christ so that he can be in me. It makes me, it makes me question what, what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And I was really convicted at this because as I just go throughout my day-to-day -day life, like you actually, you pointed a point out to me that I didn't even really catch the first time, but why this woman, why the Samaritan woman, why, why did Jesus pick her? And I, just as we were kind of talking about, he, he, he knew that he was supposed to go on this route for a reason, right? Because they could have went the other way to avoid Samaria. But he, Jesus knew that he was supposed to be there for a reason. Now, we can look at this and think that, oh, my goodness, the almighty Jesus, he, which I, I believe he did know that it was for that specific woman that he went there to meet. But because that's who he is that's who god is that's who jesus is but it's this the simplicity in this story makes it available for each and every single one of us to be a little bit more like jesus right because even though he knew that he was there to talk to that woman it wasn't that he did any big extravagant thing for her right he literally took the time out of his day to have a conversation with her and 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 reveal himself to her 
and how how well what's so significant about her well this woman we've repeated it time and time and time again but she was she was she was an outcast she was she because of her reputation she wasn't liked she she was at the well at a time that nobody else was there because she'd been ran off from the cliques uh her friends were very few if any and so it made me think the significance here is that Jesus lowered himself to our measly human standards that he recognized that this woman needed somebody to have an ear for her to talk to, <laughs> to just yeah. show her some compassion and some friendship, right? Why? Because I guarantee you this woman looked down. I guarantee you this woman's hair was maybe not the prettiest. I guarantee you the stress of life had this woman looking a little ragged and Jesus noticed it as she approached the well and, and said, how are you doing? Please give me a drink. How's it going? How's your day? <laughs> yeah, we can all do that. We can all, we all know somebody that might be in the dumps that might be the outcast that we can go have a conversation with and be the person that, that says, Hey, Hey, Johnny, how's it going today? Or what have you been up to? Or do you know that Jesus loves you? Or, hey, you should come to church on Sunday. Or whatever whatever the scenario may be, we can all do the will of our Father by serving others. And serving others might be as lowly as finding that person on the street that looks down and giving them some encouragement. Right. It can be that simple. So the nourishment that comes from doing the will of God. Are you is that the nourishment that is filling you up or are you are, are is that what you're seeking first? That's where that's where I was convicted is every morning. Am I seeking the will of my father in every area of my life? Not well, I'm going to do one good deed today. And then the rest of the day, I'm going to dump into making my business as profitable as I can make it so that I can go buy this new pickup and buy my son the best shoes and, and this, that, and the other thing. I was convicted to, con to, to be just reminded that I need to be in constant check of myself and make sure that I am doing the will of my father in every area of my life that I am seeking that for my nourishment, that I am seeking that to fill me up because all the, all the other stuff, when I get to seeking my, my business finances, which are very, very minute, it can bring worry, right? Well, that isn't nourishment that leaves a void or I can, I can worry about the drought and, and having to sell off the cows this year, this, that, and the other thing. And then that brings in less money. And that means you can't go on the family vacation. And that brings worry and heartache and stress for everybody. And that isn't nourishment. That's just a void, right? So even not even with the big sins, the, the, I, as I put in parentheses here, because all sins are the same, but that, I guess that was my point that all sins are the same. So if you're not seeking 
the will of God as your nourishment in every area of your life to be a good steward of what he has given you and using what he is giving you to serve others, right? The two biggest, greatest commandments, love your God above all else, so seek him for nourishment and love your neighbors as yourself. So all that he has given you isn't meant to selfishly be used. It's meant to be used to serve others. If you're not seeking that, that's just as bad as the cheating, porn, all of the other stuff we talked about. That's and so I was good. convicted. Yeah. That's so good. And, and, and you know, the, the thing, the, the, the significance of that statement, I'm glad you did that. Colossians 3.17 says, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord, Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, period in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Father. And and most people, mo, you know, actually that's not true anymore. Uh, I would say most people are looking at porn, but but a lot of people are going to be able to go, well, I can check that off my sin list. I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. But if you roll out of bed thinking putting yourself as the priority and not the Father, then you're in sin. Amen. And and you're not doing the will of the Father. You roll out of the bed when your feet hit the floor in the morning. The first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is is think, okay, how can I how can I benefit myself today? How can I glorify myself today? Which nobody says that, but they they speak it with their actions, right? No, you know. So so understand what I'm saying. But that is a, that's an excellent point, and I'm really glad that you pointed that out because – Well, because, I'm guilty of it. I, yeah. I, I mean, it checks some stuff I, in my I, I am too. I'm guilty of it. I, I, yeah. have, I, I have wants and needs, and, and I, my wife and I, we want this thing or whatever it may be, and I'm, I, I am a provider. I get off on, on, on making everybody around me happy and being able to provide for them. And so when, and, and, and I'm, I'm very well content with what I have, but if somebody wants something that's a little better, I strive to get it for them because I like making people happy. And, and when, when we sit down and we have these talks about the things that we need, then there's the things that we want. And I, I'm guilty of it. I get up chasing the things that maybe not even that I want, but that my spouse wants. And being able to provide those for her, I I have days where I get up and that's what I, that's where my day is geared towards, and that's I'm I'm guilty of the sin, where I need to be, okay, Lord, your will be done, not mine. <laughs> As I work towards this, your will be done, not mine. And if I'm not doing that, I'm living in sin, and 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 I I was convicted. And it just really kept me in check. And and a verse that was really encouraging to me that I found was I I, I understood it finally. And uh, Philippians three uh, seven through eight, and it's Paul here talking. But it says I just as we're talking about all these things, and I guess the guilt the what I'm talking about I'm guilty of is there's times in my life where. And this is the work in progress that I'm trying to explain because now are what I've been striving to be and the changes that I've been striving to make in my life 
are a more God-centered, God-chasing, God-fearing step first and then everything else. So I, I, I do. I roll out of bed and I give a little thanks prayer and I jerk out my Bible and I start reading. And that's a daily that's a daily habit that I've created for my life. And prior to that, I'd get up and think about all the things, all my to-do list, right? All the things that I needed to get accomplished for the day. And we as humans know how to-do lists go. You write a to-do list a million miles long and you get a third of the way done in the first 12 hours of the day. And you still have a long list of to-do list, right? I got and, it in my pocket right here in my vest, my to-do list every day. You betcha. <laughs> Did you get them all checked off for the no, day? No, no. <laughs> That's what it, I'm saying. It's so never ending. It, I always add exactly, stuff on. It's never ending. And so if I just personally for my life, if I don't get up and start my day seeking the Lord, then I won't seek the Lord for the whole day because I'll spend 16 hours trying to check off my to-do list and lay in bed at night and go, Oh, sorry, God, I forgot to pray to you today. Uh-huh. Amen. I know. I, I, hey, Hey Lord, I wasn't trying to, to be a dink today. I just forgot to acknowledge you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, All this stuff that I'm worried about, I put in front of you today. I'm sorry. Right. So that's, I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of chasing the worldly human desires and the Philippians three, starting at seven, it says, I once <laughs> thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes. Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have discarded everything else counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. And that really hit me. And I've, I've read that verse a million times too. And, and I'm sure I've even probably put it on social media. Uh, but it it didn't hit me until I connected it with this and just the conviction that that the calf killing snowstorm brought out me as I was down there checking the calves, asking God to seek my heart and make sure that I was doing it for the right reason, that I was doing it to be a good steward of my animals and because I had the means to be out there doing it and that I wasn't doing it to to keep every single calf alive so that it was more money in the bank account for me. And as I, as I reflected that, and it was revealed to me that I was being a good steward and I was doing the right thing and I was doing, doing, taking the right steps that, that I need to make sure that that is how I am in every area of my life every day. And that I need to make sure that I am getting my nourishment from doing the will of God. And the only way to do the will of God is to become one with him and to count everything else as useless, as garbage, as, as, as not an importance in my life, because the most important thing is knowing Christ Jesus and becoming one with him.
And look, here's here's something that's important to remember. You know, Paul says, whatever I gained, I, whatever gain I had in my translation, you know, just a different word, but same statement, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. He's not saying that you're not supposed to do your job. He's not saying you're not right. supposed to, to take care of business, but not, not, not to... Uh, not at the cost of your relationship with Jesus. Jesus takes priority. Jesus, we do it all to honor and glorify Jesus Christ. So we go out and check our cattle and we're good stewards with our finances. We're good stewards with our equipment to honor and glorify God. Look, my dad, when I was, you know, 5, 8, 11, 12, I thought he was the biggest horse's butt in his shop. I'd go into his shop. He had his, his, uh, you know, his, uh, what do they call that? Uh, cork board, uh, that board with the holes in it and had all his tools hanging up there. Oh yeah. And, and, and he was anal. And if, if I said, Hey, can I borrow a tool? And, and I left it out, he'd get upset with me. He's trying to teach me to take care of my stuff. Right. I, I you know, I've got, I've got, shovels and post hole, you know, post hole diggers and, and, and T-post drivers and a Brandon pot and, and propane tanks. I'm trying to run through what's in my shed out there that, you know, I've got two boxes of tools and, and this and this, and, and, you know, and woodworking equipment and all this stuff, where's it at? It's in out of the weather. It's in my shop. I'm taking good care of it. Something my dad taught me, take care of your equipment. My truck may look like crap, but the oil's always clean. Why? Because I'm being a good steward of what God's given me, right? I don't want to have to go out and buy a new set of tools because I left, you know, because my tools got stolen because I didn't take care of them. I don't want whatever it is. We have a responsibility to be a good steward, to do it, but we don't do it uh, at the cost of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and so by doing the will of the Father, well, the, the Father is glorified by us taking care of our equipment, by putting our tools up, by keeping our, our equipment oiled, you know, by changing the oil in the truck. Why? Because he gave it to us. What do you mean he gave it to us, Kevin? You're, you're working, you're paying bills. Hey, look, everything I have, I have because Jesus Christ gave it to me. My wife, my children, my home, my equipment my horses, my, my cows, whatever it is. And I have a responsibility, but the will of the father is to honor and glorify him, to be in relationship with him. So it's, it, it's important to realize when you look at that passage in Philippians three, which is funny, if you were sitting here, I had my Bible turned to that very passage. I was actually going to, I was actually going to, going to quote that passage. So when you, when you said three, seven and eight, I just had to chuckle because because I was already turned there in in, in my Bible, you know. Um, so so don't don't look don't think that Jr. is trying to say anything other than Jesus comes first. We get our nourishment, our spiritual nourishment from the Father. We still have a job to do. We still take care of business. We treat the people that that come across our paths. We love them as ourselves. 
Yeah, but, but what if they treated me like crap? You love them like you love yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. That includes your spouse, right? Your first neighbor is your spouse. Because we all make the mistake of, of, of treating people outside the home better than we treat the people in our home. And it, it, it shouldn't be that way. We have a responsibility to love our wife or our husband, if, if, it, if there's a woman, but love our spouse as ourself. You know, Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, do nothing for selfishness or vain conceit, but in everything, consider other people more important than yourselves. You may need to step away from a relationship and take a break from a relationship. You may find that some relationships are toxic and poisonous and they drag you down. You may need to step away from them, but you still have a responsibility to love those people. Not to go badmouth them, not to trash them, not to run them down, but to love them. You just might need to pull away from that relationship for your own health and safety. But I still go back to the most, imp most important thing that we've talked about today is Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. That's the, that means honoring and glorifying him and bringing people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, we talked, I mean, man, we that was good stuff. We might as well finish what I read, um, but I'm going to skip down. You know, the woman, uh, Jesus is is still, still sharing to them that the harvest, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. We need to go out and share the gospel. We need to love people. We, people need to need to know that we love Jesus and we want them to love Jesus. We don't need to condemn them, beat them down, abuse them or anything else. He says that one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. It means it doesn't matter if someone comes to know Jesus when you said something to them. As long as you're telling them about Jesus, you may share the gospel with someone a hundred times and they may go to church and give their life to the Lord. You celebrate, praise God. you still have to be an effective part of sharing the gospel with people. doesn't matter what role you play. You need to be, you need to be loving people and sharing the gospel with people. And Jesus is telling his people that you have a responsibility, whether it's discipleship or evangelism or pastoral care, or whatever it is, we have a responsibility to fill those roles. If we keep going, you know, the Samaritan woman says, he told me all that I ever did. And many more believe because of what she said. And in 41, it says, many more believe because of his word. And they said to the woman, hey, look, it's no longer you, right? She shared her testimony, but it's no longer you no longer because of what you said that we believe for we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is indeed the savior of the world. So look, she went out, she shared her testimony. She told them about Jesus, but now they have heard from Jesus, right? I can tell you who, who pointed me to Jesus, who told me about Jesus. I can, I can list a, a, a litany of people. 
who have told me about Jesus over the years and pointed me in that direction. But until, until I met Jesus Christ, and they played an important role in that process, but until I met Jesus Christ, my relationship with Jesus was tenuous at best. It teetered on the brink. Oh, that's good. And once I met Jesus Christ, once he revealed himself to me, and I met him, I no longer needed their testimonies. I needed their love, their friendship, their discipleship. But Jesus is the one that changed and transformed me. Not anyone else. Not my own doing. Jesus did it. And, uh, and, and that's an important, that's important part. You know, I think that oftentimes we get our feelings hurt when we invite someone to church, they come to church and they, they say the prayer and they get emotional and excited. And then here in a month or two, they're no longer pursuing Jesus. And we get mad at, Hey, look, it's not your job to transform them. It's Jesus's. Okay. And, and, and if you pointed them to Jesus and they rejected it, you're still doing your job. You're still doing the will of the Father. You can't be discouraged by that. You have to continue to, do the, to be nourished by doing the will of, the, of him who sent me and accomplishing his work. Right? And so you can't be discouraged by other people's rejection. What keeps you from sharing the gospel with people? I know what's kept me from sharing the gospel with people over the years. Most of the time, it's fear of man, fear of rejection, fear of being made fun of, fear of being mocked, fear of people not wanting to hang out with me or not wanting to be in friendship with me because I'm just some weird Jesus freak. Well, guess what? I am. And you should be too. But that doesn't mean you need to be weird about it. But we still need to be doing the will of the Father. What do you think? Uh, he, yeah, you're hitting it right on the nail head, and that's so good, man. Um, and, yeah, just to carry on with that, it's – listen, this woman, she had an encounter, and she was changed. And I've had these encounters. I've had these spiritual encounters where I lose – all else in my life, like it doesn't matter what's going on. I've had these encounters and, and nothing else in the world matters because you're in the moment, you're in the zone and, and you're, you're in the spirit. And we talked about it uh, the last time that for, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And, 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 I seek the spirit and I seek the Holy spirit's guidance and I seek wisdom and understanding. And, and I, as I say, look, I, I battled with this for, for a while and, and thinking that, that I was, was needing to do more for the kingdom. Yet I was looking in the mirror, looking at my life and going, I, I can't because of, because I'm living in sin and, and, and I knew Christ, I had accepted him as my savior and it, it was a works way. Right. And just through the course of the last six years in my life and 
especially the last three since the injury. Um, just some big things have been revealed to me. And one, well, two, two big things uh, that have really helped and transformed me and shaped, shaped my love for Jesus now and my craving and almost addiction to, to studying the word and 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 wanting to gain more knowledge through that is 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 this exact thing is it it's about getting my nourishment from christ and doing the will of god and so as i seek that we 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 studied it earlier in ephesians but uh Ephesians 5 1 says to imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. And as I surrender more and as I humble myself more and and ask God to change me to Romans 12, 2, which I think is uh, uh, maybe the patriarch verse of this podcast, because I'm pretty sure it gets it gets said every single time <laughs> we have a podcast. But when I started asking God to change the way I think, to change my heart by the way I think, and, and just by opening up to what he would really have for me and who he would have me be. And it got me seeking the nature of God. And, and realistically, God just wants us to know him more he calls us all to know him and that's very interesting because as i was doing some easter easter studying and stuff i come to i'm sure we'll get to it we'll study it but john 17 and the prayer of jesus and i'll just for lack this is this is really long long scripture but a few things that really stood out to me were uh uh, so this is Jesus's prayer. He's it's it's a prayer before he gets um, betrayed and arrested, right before the crucifixion. And in verse three, he says, "And this is the way to have eternal life: to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth." So he 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 says, "Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so you can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life: to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. Um, I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you you gave me to do." Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you, you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I come from you, and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from this world, and he goes on, I've given them the world, blah, 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 but I just want to stop there for a sec, as he's getting ready to depart here. So 
the only way to have eternal life is to know you, to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, to know Jesus and to accept him as your savior. When you accept him as your savior, that is putting him first in your life, right? That is making him Lord of your life. But it doesn't stop there. It takes a constant work. It takes a constant working relationship on both parts. So we have to be seeking God working in our lives and for, for us to receive that from him. And we have to be seeking that from him. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that because he'll, he'll make happen whatever needs to happen. But for us to receive it the way it's supposed to be received, we need to be seeking him first and be seeking him. Right. But I just, I, I thought this was very interesting because as we, as, as I, worry about my relationship with christ more as i work on spending a little more time in prayer seeking jesus as i spend a little more time in my bible getting to know god and getting to know christ and getting to know jesus and and how they would have me to act as i spend a little more time putting picking up my cross daily and putting putting the world underneath underneath me and 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 seeking the things of heaven as i store my treasures in heaven instead of on earth it it really what that does is is it allows god jesus to fill us up so that we can can serve others we're his his the, what he fills us up with will flow out of us right so then that those are our good works those are our good words those are meeting the, the woman at the well and being compassionate those are helping helping the neighbor in need when he needs it those are helping the bum on the street um uh get get his belly full by buying him lunch whatever whatever it is those those are the things that pour out of us as we seek the heaven seek the kingdom of god right but as I work on myself and, and learn more about the nature of Christ, I just, this little excerpt just rings so heavily and true to, to the nature of Jesus and the story, the John four story and, and what he is doing and saying that, but it says that he has now father bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. So each and every single one of us are designed with a purpose and a plan. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for me. God has a, a, a future for us, right? And a future that is good and a future that is prosperous. So if we will allow ourselves, humble ourselves and seek God, we can, we can receive all of these things, but so God already knows the, Jesus already knows the, the glory that, that, that he's sharing with his father. And we also know, we might not know what, what it is that God would have us to do, but we know when, when we are, when we are following Christ, when we are seeking the will of God, we know that he has us to do something for him, right? He has us to do a good work and it's going to bring him glory because 
it's already been what he has given us before he formed us in our mother's womb. Um, so he, I have revealed, I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. Uh, they, they were always yours. So we are all, we've always been God's. Jesus was always God. This was always God's plan. Um, Jesus revealed God to humans. So I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your work. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. So we know that Jesus is, is who he's saying he is. He is the Messiah. He is God in the flesh, right? For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you. And they believe you sent me. When you, when you, when you accept the truth, when you accept, when you accept these words as truth, when you, when you confess with your mouth and believe that Jesus is who he says he is and did what he said he did for us, that's that's accepting the message that 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 Jesus came and died and rose for our forgiveness, right? And and then he goes on to say that his prayer is not for the world. But for those you have given me, because they belong to you, all who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now, look, when we oftentimes in our life, we think that Jesus and salvation and eternity is our gift, right? It's it, and it is. It's our free gift from God. And and we 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 think that that god and jesus are 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 this gift and what that prayer is saying to me is that i am a gift to jesus because i am god's and god called me and i accepted the truth and now i am a gift of jesus right and that if that doesn't make you want to go and tell somebody else that Jesus loves them and that they have a purpose and a plan that God has a plan for them and that they are a gift to the most high God, I don't know what else will. And the nourishment that comes from seeking the Lord, worrying about yourself and worrying of working on your relationship with Jesus gives you that nourishment. And that nourishment is explained in Philippians 4, 6. And it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now that that's pretty, there's a lot of meat there, right? And we went over a lot of stuff, but the, I just trying to put it in a nutshell is when we're seeking God, when we're seeking him for our nourishment by doing the will of God, it doesn't mean that, that I have to go get a sign that has Jehovah Jireh written on it and uh, get a megaphone and stand on the corner in Las Vegas and twirl my sign and preach the gospel, right? Well, some of us might be called to do that, 
But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what I have to do. But what it does mean is that if I accept the truth and I humble myself and I seek Christ and I try to imitate God and I work on doing the things that he would have me to do and doing the things for him rather than for myself in my day-to-day work, in my life on the ranch, in my trip to town to get a part. Maybe I run into somebody and I take 15 extra minutes of my day to have a conversation with somebody and uplift somebody, whatever it may be. But as I try to eat God, I am a gift to Jesus. And Jesus just wants me to let his light shine right where I'm at. And he will accept me right where I'm at. And he can change me right where I'm at. And if I will tell other people about him, I'm that I might not be the reason that that they come to know Jesus, but I am playing my part because. I am doing the will of God. The will of God is to grow the kingdom and to let his light shine and to tell other people about him and, and his goodness. And if it says it right there that I, the whole gist of the story to me of the encounter of, of everything is, 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 is that this exact verse is we have this, ability we we have been given this um uh this right to to walk into this at any time and and this is what i was talking about when i when when i was convicted and when i was saying that i don't have to worry about that calf killing cow storm and i don't have to worry about my finances it it isn't that and you said it it isn't that i don't have to take care of those things and it isn't that i have to or it isn't that i can just up and sell my house and go live on the road, my pickup and, and that, that expect to, to, to be where I am now. Right. But what it does mean is that, that I don't have to worry about anything. Instead, I can pray about everything. I can tell God what I need, although he already knows, and I can thank him for all he has done. And I can experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that i can understand and his peace will guard my heart and my mind as i live in christ jesus and that's what it's about it's about living in christ jesus and and it that you don't have to make any big change in your life other than you gotta seek christ instead of yourself put christ first instead of yourself and and when when we do that we are doing the will of the God of God, right? And we will get that nourishment and we will get that peace that exceeds all understanding. And I went we'll off finish. on the rabbit hole there, but yeah. that, no, that, that's good. That, that was the meat to the whole thing was, 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 was that, that it isn't, we have the God that I serve, the Jesus that, that came and died and rose again. And the one that I get on these podcasts and get so fired up and filled up with the Holy Spirit about that's that this is this is the God that I want everybody to come to know. And and just the it isn't that all of a sudden life is easy. Right. Because of the verse I told you earlier that in this world we will have struggles. But don't worry, because 
that Jesus that I'm talking about has overcome the world. And when I'm seeking him, when I'm making sure that he is proud of me, when I'm making sure that that I am doing that, that he's looking down, smiling down at me saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. Good job. You know that that when I'm worrying about that. I have that peace. I, I don't have any worries in my life, even though my bank account might be at zero and, and, and I'm waiting on another check to show up, to hurry up and, and cover the check that I just wrote because it's a rubber check and going to bounce or whatever the problem may be. My problem is I got a lot of work that needs to be done and I'm in a wheelchair. So I've had to overcome and figure out how to get all the work done without getting mad and angry and, and, and asking God why me, right. Or, yep. or, hospital bills stacked to the roof or cars broke down. I'm, I mean, I, I have the same struggles as everybody else, but because of the God that I serve, I don't have to worry about any of that because my Christ has overcame the world and I get to receive that peace that exceeds all understanding. And I have experienced that because there's plenty of time. If, if you, people, I, and I'm sure they say it about you too, but what I want, I want the light to shine so that people see Jesus just in the way that I'm living and, and the words that I'm speaking. Right. Like yeah, I don't absolutely. need to go Bible thump, shove Jesus down somebody's throat, but I want to be set apart as different. God, Jesus didn't, when he, when he spoke to the woman at the well, he didn't first come out and say, Hey, I, I, I'm Jesus. You need to talk to me different. Right. No, he, yeah. he she's, she questioned him. How are you going to get water? You don't even have a bucket, this, that, and the other thing. And, 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 well, I know there's a Messiah coming and, and whatever the whole conversation. Right. And, and he didn't shove it down her throat, but he was compassionate. He gave her the time of day when nobody else would, he was, he, he was a, a friend when nobody else was, when I'm letting, when I'm, I'm set apart, and, I, and, and, and I'm a gift to Jesus, so I want to glorify him by being set apart, by my life looking like that. And when I worry about that, instead of about, about my, my, my social status or my, my bank account or making sure that my vehicle fits in with the Joneses, I get, a, I get that nourishment. I get to experience that peace and, that exceeds all understanding. And, and, and I get to walk in that will and I get to, to, to see people that need encouragement. And I get, I get those nudges to make a phone call to somebody and tell them Jesus loves them. And I get to put my money towards helping families in need. And, and I get to get to, I get blessed that I get to have my cows right here so that I can keep a couple extra so that I can, can give a heifer calf to somebody or whatever, you know what I mean? But the, 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 the whole thing about it is that is available to all of us. If we will accept it and believe it. And I don't know if you can tell in my voice or not, but <laughs> if you, can't tell that it doesn't have a real effect then i don't know what else will <laughs> yeah i don't know i i you, you might be numb if you can't tell you might be numb if you can't tell well you know you shared the gospel you shared your heart 
Uh, Holy Spirit spoke through you in some incredible ways. And at the end of the day, Jesus is an example to us in how we live our lives and how we get our spiritual nourishment, how we, how we get our nourishment by doing the will of the Father. And, uh, and, and so, look, uh, if you don't know Jesus, he changes and transforms lives. And, uh, and look, I, I, just, I just want to encourage you. Uh, dive into the Word of God. Dive into your prayer, prayer life. Surround yourself with, with good people that, uh, good men or good women that are following Jesus and that are gonna, gonna disciple you and help you walk with them. And uh, if you need a Bible, you need prayer. Send us an email or find us on social media. Our email is a cowboy connection at gmail dot com. And uh, hey, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm fired up right now. I'm fired up. I love the word of God and I love reading it with my studying it with my brother. So, uh, look, uh, that's going to be the end of, of, uh, of this podcast, but, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. I know Tad will be back with us. Hopefully what Bill will be, uh, around that same time. So, uh, enjoy, hope you enjoy it. God bless. And, uh, have a good one.